0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Leadership Vision podcast. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and it's Thanksgiving here in the United States. And as has become our tradition here at Leadership Vision, today's podcast episode is all about gratitude. Now, we've been doing this since around 2015. And each year after we do these podcast episodes that are focused on gratitude, well, we're stirred to action and are encouraged to live more towards the light and the good in the world. And so we want to express our gratitude here today. And we also want to invite you to express your gratitude to your families, to your coworkers, and to others in your sphere of influence. But more than that, here today in this episode, we want to challenge all of us to live our gratitude. So when I was researching gratitude for this episode, I came across a short book by Oliver Sacks simply titled Gratitude. It's a collection of four short essays that he wrote towards the end of his life and published after his death in 2015. Now, if you don't know who Oliver Sacks is, he's an author and he's a neurologist, probably most famous for the book Awakenings, which was later turned into a movie starring Robin Williams and Robert De Niro. Now, this book, Gratitude, was written in the final two years or so of his 82-year-old life, and he muses on aging and illness and death and does so in a way that's Well, it's almost removed, like he's writing about someone else, but at the same time, it's also extremely vulnerable and and close and even charming in a way that perhaps only someone who has lived a very full life can be. The second essay titled My Own Life particularly jumped out to me. It's sort of like a mini reflection on the things that he's grateful for in his life as he looks back at a long and full life. Now, I'm going to read a little bit of it here for you today. Uh, it's, it's short. It'll only take a few minutes. Um, but as I read it, I want you to think about what stands out to you. I want you to think about what is stirred in you. Um, maybe some of the emotions or feelings as you hear it. It's interesting because it also kind of explains, um, a little bit of, of why he is at the end of his life, how he knows that and how he's able to prepare for it. So let me read this here. I think, can we get some music for this? Yes, perfect. A month ago, I felt that I was in good health, even robust health. At 81, I still swim a mile a day, but my luck has run out. A few weeks ago, I learned that I have multiple metastases in the liver. Nine years ago, it was discovered that I had a rare tumor of the eye, an ocular melanoma. The radiation and lasering to remove the tumor ultimately left me blind in that eye. But though ocular melanomas metastasize in perhaps 50% of cases, Given the particulars of my own case, the likelihood was much smaller. I am among the unlucky ones. I feel grateful that I have been granted nine years of good health and productivity since my original diagnosis. But now I am face to face with dying. The cancer occupies a third of my liver, and though its advance may be slowed, this particular sort of cancer cannot be halted. It is up to me now to choose how to live out the months that remain to me. I have to live in the richest, deepest, most productive way that I can. Over the last few days, I have been able to see my life as from a great altitude, as a sort of landscape with a deepening sense of the connection of all of its parts. This does not mean I'm finished with life. On the contrary, I feel intensely alive and I want and hope in the time that remains to deepen my friendships, to say farewell to those I love, to write more, to travel if I have the strength, to achieve new levels of understanding and insight. This will involve audacity, clarity, and plain speaking, trying to straighten my accounts with the world. But there will be time too for some fun and even some silliness as well. I feel a sudden clear focus and perspective. There is no time for anything inessential. I must focus on myself, my work, and my friends. I shall no longer look at the news hour every night. I shall no longer pay attention to politics or arguments about global warming. This is not indifference, but detachment. I still care deeply about the Middle East, about global warming, about growing inequality, but these are no longer my business. They belong to the future. I rejoice when I meet gifted young people, even the one who biopsied and diagnosed my metastases. I feel the future is in good hands. I have been increasingly conscious for the last 10 years or so of deaths among my contemporaries. My generation is on the way out, and each death I have felt as an abruption, a tearing away of part of myself. There will be no one like us when we are gone, but then there is no one like anyone else ever. When people die, they cannot be replaced. They leave holes that cannot be filled, for it is the fate, the genetic and neural fate of every human being to be a unique individual, to find his own path, to live his own life, to die his own death. I cannot pretend I am without fear, but my predominant feeling is one of gratitude. I have loved and been loved. I have been given much and I have given something in return. I have read and traveled and thought and written. I have had a discourse with the world, the special discourse of writers and readers. Above all, I have been a sentient being, a thinking animal on the beautiful planet. And that in itself has been an enormous privilege and an adventure. Now, there are two big things that stand out to me about this reading. First of all, Let's not wait until we're near the end of our lives to express gratitude to the people, places, and things who have made us who we are, that we love, that we're grateful for, that we're thankful for. And secondly, let's reorient our priorities. This is summed up well by a a quote that Linda recently shared with me. It's actually from John F. Kennedy, where he said, as we express our gratitude, we must never forget that the highest appreciation is not to utter words, but to live by them. Time is precious, right? And life is short. So that quote and the essay by Oliver Sacks really makes me wanna live my life in a way where the things that I say I'm grateful for, those are reflected in how I'm spending my time and my money and in the things that I focus on. It's one thing to express gratitude for your family, your health, or your job, but it's another thing to live your life in a way that, that matches that level of gratitude. As Oliver Sacks says in the essay, I feel a sudden, clear focus and perspective. There is no time for anything inessential. Now, as leaders, as parents, as colleagues, as friends, as spouses, as women and men on this earth, all we have is our time. Each moment is a gift that we should be grateful for as if it's our last. How much of our lives do we waste on inessential things? How many of us will sit around the Thanksgiving table talking about how grateful we are for our family But then after dinner, we'll mindlessly scroll through social media or argue about dumb stuff with a family member we haven't seen in a while. How many of us can truly be grateful for our family and loved ones every day of the year, not just around the holidays? So on this week here of Thanksgiving 2022, or whenever you're listening to this, I'd like to challenge you to reflect on these three questions and then think about what you need to do or or maybe change in your life to live more in line with these things. Now you can do this on your own or if you're brave enough, maybe uh, I would encourage you to ask some of these questions as you sit around your Thanksgiving dinner table this year. Okay, number one, describe something related to work that you're thankful for in 2022. And then part two of that is what do you need to focus on to live that gratitude? Question two, describe something related to your home or family life that you're thankful for in 2022. Second part of that, what do you need to focus on to live that gratitude. You can kind of see the pattern here. And the third question, describe something you're grateful to related to, I put X in the notes here, whatever you want it to be. It could be something completely random or something, whatever. And what do you need to focus on to live that gratitude? Now, I don't know much about Oliver Sacks' life beyond what I read on Wikipedia, but based on this writing, it, it doesn't seem like he waited until the end of life to express or understand or, or live the things that he was grateful for. If I can sort of answer all three of those questions at once, something that I'm grateful for is my work and my family. I'll just kind of put that generically. I have four young kids. I have a job that is extremely flexible, that that I'm doing things that I love. But I am someone who I like thinking about the future. I like maximizing what the future will be, whether that's you know family vacations or strategic plans for our business or even just organizing efficient trip to Costco. So for me, I think what I need to focus on coming up here in the next year and before Thanksgiving 2023 is how to be um, more present, how to be more in the here and now. Like how am I present with my colleagues, the ones that I, I say that I value and appreciate so much? How am I present with them when we're in a meeting? How am I listening and engaging to them about business, about work, about life, how can I do more of that? How do I show up and be present with my family in the small moments of life? As I heard uh, Jerry Seinfeld describe once, the garbage time, the going to school, the making dinners, the, you know, buying groceries. How do we be present in these moments in our life to the people and the things and, and the places even that we express so much gratitude for? Now, it's probably easy to for each one of us to make a list of all of these things we're grateful for in our life, right? Our home, our jobs, our cars, our health, like all of this stuff. But I think it's much more difficult to justify how we're living our lives, how we're spending time showing appreciation to those things. Now, Linda Schubring recently said in another podcast episode that we want to shine a light on the goodness of humans, the potential of teams, and what it would mean if organizations were thriving and casting light into the world. So listeners, on this Thanksgiving week here in 2022 or beyond, if you're listening to this at another time, what are the things in your life that you're grateful for? And what are the ways that you can live into that gratitude, live into those things so that you are thriving and casting light into the world? Thank you for listening to the Leadership Vision Podcast, sharing our expertise in the discovery, practice, and implementation of a strengths-based approach to people, teams, and culture more resources about developing your strengths, strengths of your team, or the strengths of your entire organization, click the link in the show notes or visit us on the web at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. And if you have questions about this episode or any other episodes or how we might help you or your team uh, live more into who you are, maybe express more gratitude and live into those things, you can send us an email, send it to connect at leadershipvisionconsulting.com. My name is Nathan Freeberg, and on behalf of our entire team, happy Thanksgiving.